Hallelujah. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus this morning that we can come into your presence. And we thank you that you by your Holy Spirit will bring revelation to our hearts so that we may know Jesus better. We thank you, Lord, that your word says that when we seek you, you shall be found. And when we knock, it will be opened. So we rely upon that word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know that um, you all heard this phrase about it. I, be, I stand in faith for something, and it's a common phrase. And uh, But the more I start thinking about it is that, as you heard me say lately, about that you cannot fight the devil in the devil's realm. Okay? Uh, last time I spoke, in uh, Second Corinthians 4, 4, it talks about that the devil is the god of this world. Okay? And when, when you think about the phrase, I stand in faith, what is included for for what you so-called stand in faith for to happen. Time. Okay? And as I shared last uh, time, that time is the biggest problem in this world. Okay? Uh, the moment you're born, there's a, c- a countdown to the, to the moment you're leaving. Okay? <laughs> it's degrading from that on. Okay? And uh, so when we're using the phrase, I stand in faith for something. Basically, what we, without realizing it, you're not in the spirit, because in the spirit there is no time. You know, but uh, if you notice, in, in time is linear here in this world. You know, it's not going backwards and forwards and left, right, center. It's just going one direction and it's just forwards. Okay, but in heaven there is no such thing as time. You know, where, uh, that's why that when you see when God talks about time. He talks about no, sorry, about faith. He talks about it as something that has happened. The moment it's happened, the moment he said it, that means he's got it. And that's where it's so important that we learn that when you become a believer, when you become a Christian, you are a new creation. That does not mean you just get a new vocabulary and you just start saying, instead of saying, well done, and you say, hallelujah, instead of saying, this is good, say, praise God, or uh, someone said once to me that hallelujah was a Christian earth. You know, so if you didn't know what to say, you just said hallelujah. Okay, if something happens nicely, praise God. Okay, instead of, instead of saying wonderful, now you're a Christian, you say praise God. Okay, and that's why you see many preachers, they keep shouting hallelujah because they don't know what to say. So they just need a break, so they just say hallelujah, and then the congregation goes crazy. Anyway, but the devil is the God of this world. And what the devil wants you to do is to fight the battles on his turf in this world. And, and that's where it comes in this phrase where we stand in faith. Because the, the thing that is dependent on what I stand in faith for will manifest is time. Okay, we see from the beginning in Genesis chapter 1 where God says, uh, where it says it was dark, <laughs> they say, let there be light. And then uh, King James says, and light was. Because the moment it is fade, it's done. Okay? Have you noticed that it is interesting? No one stands in faith for their salvation. Have you noticed that? No one stands in faith for their salvation, but people stand in faith for their healing. If I tell you in Greek, the word healing and salvation is the same word. So why do you stand in faith 
for healing, but you just receive your salvation. Okay, and, and that's where the devil had tricked us, that he lures us into making us believe that we are fighting in the spirit. But really what he managed to do, he moved us into the natural, where we again are limited by time. Okay, and, uh, and I believe that one of the greatest things, you know, that Jesus says Mark 11, have faith in God. Notice he didn't say have faith in healing. He didn't say have faith in prosperity. He didn't say have faith in whatever it may be. Have faith in him. We don't, like I said to you many times, we don't believe for healing. We believe in him who heals or has healed. Okay? You know, but if you start reading the promises, what we call, you know, healing is not a promise. Did you know that? It's a fact. If I, if I promise you something, that means I haven't done it yet. If you promise me, if you promise to do something for me, I promise you this or whatever, that means literally I haven't got it yet. That's not faith. That's hope. Okay? And so when it comes to faith, it has already happened. So in Mark 11, it talks about Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in him because he is the one who, who is your provider. He's the one who's your healer. He's your redeemer. He's your savior. He's your whatever you need him to be. Someone said to me that the uh, wish for God said to Moses, when Moses asked him, what's your name? And he said, I am. And then you can fill in the blank. So I am your whatever. And, and this is another thing you, need, you know don't, that now, because it's funny teachings comes in circles. And now lately I start seeing all these teachings come back again about this thing about the names of God. You know, Jehovah, Jireh, you know, all these things. That's not the names of God. That's what God does. Okay? Just like uh, your name is not your job. Okay? That's what you do. John 17 Jesus says he only Jesus uh, God only has one name and it's Father, and I believe that Adam and Eve they called God for Father. I don't think they called him God, okay? And someone said about the Danish uh, queen here, they said she keeps saying God, but she don't say which one. No, because God is just a neutral phrase, isn't it? You know, you can be a Hindu say God, you can be a Muslim say God, you can you know God. No, it's Jesus who is God. Okay? Anyway, so it's important you understand that we don't stand in faith because when we are deceived, you know, in the natural wars are won purely by the terrain the battle is fought in. I was just watching this movie about Napoleon. and You heard about Waterloo? Have you never heard about Waterloo? Not, not, not the other one. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, you know, have you never heard that he met his Waterloo? Now, that was Napoleon. He fought with British and with uh, the Prussians and so on. And, uh, and one of the reasons for why the Duke of Wellington, have you heard of him? Uh, we, have, we have an English history lesson. You can pay the school fees afterwards. Anyway, that the way he, changed, he, 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 he chose the terrain to fight the battle was that the, 
but uh, Napoleon's main weapon, weapon uh, tactic was was to use the artillery. But because the Duke of Wellington he chosen a terrain where the grenades, and so basically if you could imagine where a big hill up, and then the British soldiers was just underneath the hill. So we were protected from the artillery, okay? And and because because we won, we say it was down to the terrain. It's the same thing with you and I, but if you want to win, you have to stay in the spirit. But the thing is, when religion had come in, when the man, man's traditions come in, and because we heard it so many times, you know, that you can hear things so many times, but we actually believe it's in the Bible. Have you ever heard this thing that God helps those who help themselves? No. You do what you should do when God will do that. That's not in the Bible. But yet many people think it's in the Bible. No. Money is the root of all evil. Or Jesus was poor. Or whatever it may be. And these things have been said over and over and over again and people actually believe it's in the Bible. I told you at Christmas about the wise men. And there was not three wise men, okay? Remember that it was it was three kinds of gifts, okay? Because it was only three guys, we were not very wise. Can you imagine traveling alone in this day and age? Anyway, I, so that's why when we went on pilgrimage to uh, Jerusalem, they always came whole villages that traveled to Jerusalem. Okay. Anyway, did you know? Uh, did you know that? Do you know who invented the traveling traveler? Can you remember the traveler's check? Check. Uh, I showed you eight here. <laughs> do you know who invented that? What do we call them? The Knights Templars. And and they are, they are not Freemason, okay? It's just Hollywood who makes that connection. But So what you could do if you are a pilgrim from England and you have to go to Jerusalem, of course, can you imagine if you had to bring all your belongings, that could, you, you could be robbed on the way down there. So what you could go to the local... Knights Templar here in Britain, when he will give you a piece of paper for all your value you deposit here, and when you come to Jerusalem, you could give that Knights Templar in Jerusalem the same note, and they will give you the possessions. Okay. Anyway, back to this thing. So the uh, the God of this world, that's the devil, and uh, and something that. I, I start seeing because of the, you know I like reading books about people who have who have made breakthroughs and so on and so forth. And I used to always pray things like, Oh God, give me more revelation or give me an extra gift or give me you know it was like for me to have victory, it was always because I lacked something. And because I didn't have that one thing, that's why I didn't see the breakthrough that I was expecting. So therefore my prayer was God Give me more anointing. Give me more revelation. Give me more insight. So, so, so my my victory was always hinted by something that I didn't have. Okay, and therefore I prayed for that. But but if you go to Ephesians, we will come back to to Matthew. For I not even said that. Go to Ephesians one and have that thought in mind that I just told you. If you don't know what to read in the Bible, read Ephesians and Colossians. Okay, in the New Testament, uh, one verse three: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice here what it says: Who has blessed us? Notice past tense. 
who has blessed us. And now, you know, this is one of my favorite verses. You know, such a short verse, but there's so much wealth in it. Okay, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Who has blessed us with no, not just a no, not just a blessing. No, in English, I learned that in in the English language. Every time someone sneezes, bless you. How, how did these two even get connected? You're sneezing and bless you. <laughs> I don't know, but blessed be the God. And Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. You know, you need to say, start saying to yourself, I am blessed. I'm not going to. You know, faith is not what you're going to be. Faith is that I am. Amen. Faith is that I am. And now you're not just blessed. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings. Not, not just a few. So that's why that when people say, so there's a certain denomination, some Christians say, oh, prosperity is not for today. So why did God put it in there? Healing is not for today. That died out with the first apostles. No, actually there's about 70 apostles in the, in the New Testament I can find for you. It was not just the 12. There, was, well, there are far more apostles. Okay, So if God has blessed me with all spiritual blessings, he has blessed me. If you have done something for someone, you can't withdraw it again. Amen. So God is not going to, for one generation, say to him, you can be healed. Now these guys are dead. It's finished. No, he has blessed you. He has blessed you. I am. I, I have been blessed. So now you see, he said all spiritual blessings. So now you have to understand spiritual blessings it's not just something that you're floating in the air on a cloud that you can't define it or whatever. Okay, spiritual blessing means where it originates from. Now your spiritual, your salvation is a spiritual blessing. Amen. So can your spiritual blessing be seen here on earth? Yes, if you start acting out on what you have been receiving. That's so, so spiritual blessing. So some people say, ah, oh, but when I talk about healing, yeah, but it's just a spiritual blessing. Healing is a spiritual blessing. Forgiveness is a spiritual. It talks about who, where it originates from, where it operates from, not so much about what it looks like. So now he, he say he have already blessed you with all spiritual blessings. So now you can see that what I shared from before that that I had this mindset that if I which for I, I don't have a manifestation, that's because I'm lacking a gift or lacking a revelation or lacking this. It doesn't make sense if you're reading this scripture. Because here this scripture says, I don't lack anything. Amen. I don't lack anything. <coughs> so, I, so, so, so obviously it cannot be, if I don't have a breakthrough, if I don't have a manifestation, it cannot be that I... I don't. I don't have enough revelation. And very often, when we, when people in the Western world talks about revelation, it's not revelation. It's just information. Okay, revelation transforms. Information informs. That's quite obvious. 
but the problem is information cannot transform. I, 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 I used to think, uh, I'm not uh, consciously maybe, but unconsciously I start thinking that, let's say there was 140 scriptures in the Bible about healing. So if I knew 10 scriptures of healing, that, that in one way decided the likelihood of me getting healed, or be manifest. If I knew 100, then the likelihood would be great. So I measured it in my knowledge. Okay? But I have seen people who know every healing scripture in the Bible and couldn't receive it from God because it was in their head. And when I have seen people who knew absolutely nothing and I just said to them, God wants to heal you, and they were healed. Okay? So obviously it's not the head. Okay, no, you can. That's the same thing again. You cannot fight God, uh, fight the devil with information. Do you understand? You know, some people say, oh, "I know, I know, I know." I you know, I know people who are sick. When I when I talk, when I talk to them about healing, they say, "Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know." And obviously, they don't know because if they knew, they were healed. Okay, you know, sometimes our head becomes our biggest obstacle so now so so the romans 12 2 talks about that through the renewing of our mind we shall be transformed okay that means we, we must not adapt the western mindset of whatever culture we come from before we got saved and then adapt it into be a christian life uh, 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 kind of a mindset okay someone said once to me that the uh, uh, concerns, you know, unbelief, you know, worry, and concerns is very often disguised as responsibility. Okay, obviously you need to be responsible. Um, maybe yeah, sometimes you need to, but other times you need to be in faith. Okay, sometimes you need to do what God has asked you to do, despite of what your common sense or whatever it may be. Okay, so 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 we need so our foundation when we walk with Him is. I am not in lack. That's the mindset. I am not going, you know, if, if I can knock that thing out of our heads that says, I'm not going to be, I am. If I'm, I'm not going to be blessed, I am. But it's because we, got, we grew up in this culture of, well, say, oh, I'm blessed because I have this physical thing, or I got that physical thing. Or, no, you have already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Amen. So my job is what, what, what Jesus said, abide in him and he will abide in you. So now I stay in Christ. So therefore, uh, with the way the devil tricks you, you know, one of his names is the deceiver. And have you, have you ever been deceived? No, because you don't know when you're deceived. Because if you, because if you know that you've been deceived, you're not deceived, you're just stupid. You know, oh yeah, I'm deceived. No, you're not deceived. You're stupid. Okay. No, the problem with being, I said that to a pastor. I said to him, the problem with being deceived is you don't know. Okay. And the next time I saw him, know that's a different story. Anyway, but the devil had used. Do you have to understand? The devil uses religious language. Religious traditions. Do you know that it's not just the Catholic Church who have traditions? Do you know that? Every church has traditions. And now traditions are 
can be good, can be bad, or can be neutral. Okay? But but if you just do things for the sake of doing things. So now, so in our kind of a culture, basic traditions, as I said to you, I stand in faith. I stand in faith. I stand in faith. There is a tradition of that I, I need to tell everyone of what I stand in faith for. No, you don't need to tell anyone what you stand in faith for. That's between you and God. You know, when we proclaim what we trust God for, that is not to impress one another with what we trust God for. No, that's between you and God. That's why so many people look foolish when we are, oh, I proclaim this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, I was at Sandown Park at a Christian conference back in ninety. Five, I think it was, and I think we were really, really small congregation. I don't know if no Sandown Park. This is one of the big horse racing tracks in London. And then this pastor, I claim Sandown Park to be my church. Stupid. You know, why do you do things stupid things like that? But that's because in the tradition of the faith movement, we should just. Uh, what was they say? Name it, claim it, name it and claim it. Uh, I have a one that is better. Blab it and grab it. Okay, but but uh, our confessions is not to impress other people. Okay, our confession is between you and God. Amen. So, so my foundation in my spiritual walk is I am not in need. Do you understand? You know, so I, I don't come to God as in need that I'm lacking. I'm coming to God because I know it's already provided for. I come to God on the foundation that everything is yes already. He has already given me everything. Amen. It's not when I so so to most not let the devil the devil tell you, oh, it's because you didn't have enough revelation, or there was not enough anointing, or because you didn't do this, or because you didn't do that. Because of why you didn't get it, okay? Because now we're talking the world's the spirit of the world again. Because now we're talking lack. There is no lack in heaven. The only place where there is a lack is on earth. But remember what Jesus said: "You are not of this world. You are in this world." Amen. That means you are not under lack. You, you know, don't define yourself by this world. And then try to uh, to fit your Christianity into fit into it. No, you you are in this world, but you are not of this world. Amen. I don't think the Saudi prince who bought a Newcastle United he he's worried about the crisis of living because he's not defined by this country. Amen. Uh, what, who was it uh, who uh, who bought Harrods? And when we parked three Lamborghinis outside Harrods on double yellow line, he couldn't care less. He got a parking fine for what, $20, 20 pounds or something. He could, he could survive, okay? He was not defined by the limitations. That's what, that's what I told the policeman once. I only got one speeding ticket. So the Bible says I had to break every controlling spirit. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Yen got more speeding tickets than me. <laughs> I think Matthew, he had his license for a week and he got a speeding ticket. <laughs> anyway, so, so the foundation is I am not in a position of lack. 
I'm in a position of there's more than enough. That's my more than enough is not something that I'm going to attain to. Do you understand? I'm not going to be blessed. You can see it's past tense. I am blessed. And it's so important when you're approaching God. Don't, don't go to God and say, bless me, God. And he say, what are you doing, stupid? I already blessed you. That's the same thing. Oh, God, heal me. Can, can you hear? We, we talk, now we talk worldly language. We're talking linear time. It's something that is going to happen. There's, you know, there's nothing that is going to happen in heaven. The Bible talks about that Jesus, he was crucified before the foundation of the world. Okay, one of my biggest questions is, so now there is no time in, in heaven. Time is something that is here on this earth. So when someone, let's say two people, a couple, so one of them go home, we used to go home to Jesus. So my question is, if there is no time in heaven, now you can go home and be a philosopher about this. Is the spouse already there? Because if there is no time in heaven, you know, it's only here on this earth where we have linear time. You can start thinking about that. You know, when you start thinking about eternity, it becomes a little bit mind-blowing in terms of because it's difficult to understand. But so so all so so the way we pray, we pray that thank you, I am healed. You know, the same. You know, when I I always say use the same uh, principle that, as when you got saved. You know, most people that I know of, when they got when they got saved, they, it's not like Jesus. I want you to be my Lord and Savior, and I receive your salvation. I, I know I need your forgiveness. So I'm telling you, most people that I know have, suddenly a hollow comes over their head. Dressed in white linen and with shine. Have you noticed that? Next time you look at yourself in the mirror, it's still the same person. But what? And it's still the same emotions. It's still all the same things. But why do you? What happens? You hold on to that prayer that I have been saved. I be, I believed in my heart and I confessed with my mouth and I shall be saved. Really, that's the way you receive anything in the kingdom of God. But I believe in my heart and confess it with my mouth. And but the confessions you make is not a worldly confession. It should be a spiritual confession, and spiritual confession is past tense. So you so so a worldly confession. I stand in faith for my healing. And we all and the problem is we all know what you mean, but it's not about what you mean. It's about you doing it right. Because you, you know, just because I can close my eyes and say, I'm in, I'm in Hawaii, I'm in Hawaii, I'm in Hawaii. I'm not, I went old man, I'm not in Hawaii. <laughs> okay. Have you know, you don't change, it doesn't matter. So, so, so when we start talking language like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to get a breakthrough, uh, God is going to do something soon. Some, now, because it's something we heard so many times spoken in, in the church, we think it's spiritual language. But it's not. It is the world's way of communicating because we're talking linear time. So it's all, so everything God is going to do is always something in the future. No. The Bible faith is everything God has done, he's already done it. 
Jesus is not going to come down and be crucified one more time. Do you, do you understand? Everything has already been done. Do you know that many Christians should also understand this when it comes to forgiveness? I met people who asked God to forgive them for the same sin 10,000 times. No, the moment you have asked for forgiveness, you are forgiven. Amen. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. And there's something we have to understand. You know, some churches would like to say, God loves you the way you are. Have you ever heard a phrase like that? Uh, God, God does not love you the way you are. He doesn't. No. That's why he sent Jesus. So when God sees you, he sees the blood. He, he don't see your good deeds. He sees your, the blood. Do you, do you understand? Remember when, you know, when I, just pretend you remember, you probably don't remember. When, when I shared about the scapegoat, you know, every year at the Passover, you know, that's where we get the scapegoat from. They bring two goats, and when the high priest lay the hands on the goat, and when all the sins of the people that year is transferred to the scapegoat. Okay? And when, when you sin, have you know, when you read about the sacrifice in Leviticus, the priest does not look at the sinner. He looks at the sacrifice. Do you, do you understand? He looks, he, the priest does not look at the sinner. The priest looks at the sacrifice. The same thing with you and me. Our Heavenly Father. He doesn't look at you and me. He sees the blood, the sacrifice. Amen. You see, the night of when the death angel went through Egypt during the Exodus, what what did God say to Moses? A lamb, the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice should be on the doorposts, and when the angel of death will pass by. The that ain't the reason for why the firstborn of the Jewish people didn't die. It was not because we were Jewish. It was because the angel saw the blood. The angel saw the blood. Remember, when Moses was called, an angel came actually to try to kill Moses. And he had to be circumcised. Okay? And the same thing you had to say. Now, sometimes we... Again, Christians, we, we, we define faith by our emotions. You know, we, we heard phrases again. You know, I can feel the presence of God. You can't feel the presence of God. You, you know, you close your eyes, can you feel me? I can, you can't. So why do you use phrases like that? No, again, we, you know, you can build up an atmosphere Okay? But that's not spiritual. That's emotional. Okay? You know that we think so anointing is in something that appeals to me. That's why every every generation argues with about worship music, so to speak. Is now this generation is got really bad, okay? But because we we are reflecting to their emotions. You know, sometimes you don't feel good, but that doesn't mean you're not safe. It's the same blood over you. Feeling good on Monday or feeling bad on Friday or vice versa. Or it's payday, you feel good and, and whatever. It's the same blood every single day. And you are always safe. Yeah, but I don't feel safe. You know, have, have, you know, 
have you said uh, no, when you're on an airplane it's very funny with, with people who are on an airplane they're all on the same plane same pilot same same destination every and someone is sitting there helping the pilots the, the knuckles are completely white holding in the handles of the chair and every time there's a little bit of turbulence <gasps> and when you, two seats further down you have a guy <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just completely gone. Okay, it's the same plane. One feels completely unsafe, the other one is safe. And if you're a Christian, you pray in songs too. <laughs> okay, now, you, and the same thing you have to understand once you have received the, uh, the sacrifice of Jesus, once the blood of Christ is over you, you are always safe and don't fall into this worldly thing again because this is the, the devil who uses your emotions because you've been hearing a lot of religious language that, that connects to emotions and so now you think, oh, I'm not in faith. You're always in faith because faith is not dependent upon you and me. Have faith in God. It doesn't say have faith in yourself. Have faith in him. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it does not matter if you feel good, bad, or miserable. He is still the same. Which means your faith is still the same. But the devil has managed to make faith to be about you. About you. Uh, I used to have read horrible youth meetings. Uh, oh, search your heart and see if you're right with God. I'm telling you, we all need counseling after five minutes because we start looking at ourselves, we're completely miserable. Okay? Christianity is you should not look at yourself. Look at him. Okay? Consider Jesus. In the desert, when the, when the Israelites complained so much, it must have been, they must have been charismatics. <laughs> no. And when snakes broke out in the camp, what happened? God said to Moses, make a bronze, a bronze snake and put it on a pole. And anyone who looked towards the bronze snake, they would be healed. Okay? Don't look at your symptoms. Don't look at the bad reports or bad circumstances or whatever. Look at the word of God and hold on to, thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, I have been healed. When you feel uh, you messed it up and fallen short, just say, thank you, Jesus, because your word says that if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I shall be saved. If you feel like uh, yeah, condemnation, you can say, no, I know I'm forgiven because God is faithful and just, but if I confess with my mouth, he is faithful and just to forgive me. Amen. There's only one sin God can't forgive you for. The one you won't confess. Adam couldn't receive forgiveness. Why? Because Adam said to God, it's the wife you gave me. It wasn't his fault. He basically said, God, if you're not giving me a wife, I would have been all right. I mean, what did, what did Eve say? It's like uh, everyone kicks downwards, isn't it? Adam kicks Eve, Eve kicks the snake. Okay, so Eve said, no, no, it's the snake, not me. But if Adam has said, I messed it up, then God would have forgiven him. Because 
according to, I know many people say, why did we get kicked out of the Garden of Eden? Oh, it was because we ate off the food. You know, you know it's a food, not an apple. You know, it's a food. I think it's a banana. Amen. So when Eve, she was eating, and when Adam, he stood next to her and said, Eve, what are you doing? I mean, Eve did. <laughs> now, no, I'm you in it too. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but the thing is, if Adam have said, I messed no, no, Adam and Eve, they did not get kicked out of the Garden of Eden because they ate of the fruit. Because where did they meet up with God that evening? In the Garden of Eden. Where did God communicate with them? In the Garden of Eden. But why did they get kicked out? Because they would not confess it. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, okay, when in the, in the New Testament it talks about that he's faithful and just, but he will forgive. So if Adam had had a broken and a contrite heart, God would have forgiven him. Because in the book of Psalms it says, a broken and contrite heart God cannot deny. Amen. And what? And you know what, who that talks about? Jesus. So when we are in him, we are, you know, he's our representative. He's our high priest. That's why I say, don't judge yourself according to yourself. Judge yourself according to Jesus. Amen. Remember, God always sees the blood. He doesn't see you. But God, he thinks, but we... Uh, we think God sees you. Ooh, he deals with you according to your deeds and whatever you don't know. He deals with you according to the blood of Christ. That's why Christianity is based upon mercy and grace. Not upon law. Not upon legalistic deeds, but I have to do this better than the other. Okay? We, we, don't, we don't do all these things to gain the favor of God. We do these things because we already got the favor of God. Amen. We 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 not we 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 not following Jesus for Him to uh, bless us. We following Jesus because He has already blessed us. Okay. And uh, so so all spiritual blessings. I went. We can go to uh, Matthew four and uh, and this is Matthew four chapter nineteen. And if you can just catch this, what this man learned, you come a long way, okay? 18. No, let's say 17. Let's start from 17. From that time, this is when Jesus started preaching, began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I want you to give you a new definition of repent, because repent is always, you know, it's a, we thinking is something uh, in religious terms of uh, I should, I, I need to feel sorry, uh, I should feel guilty, or something like that. But have we got another word in the English language where we have the word pent in penthouse? Where is the penthouse? at the top so repent is basically what he's saying here is you need to stop thinking worldly way 
you need to readdress your thinking into the spirit. Okay? You need, I heard preachers say, you know, if you want to hear, just go to Leeds every Saturday. Repent. Okay. I and then we quote uh, scriptures out of context. Uh, uh, the soul that sins shall die. But we don't realize that has already happened. Jesus died. Okay. Anyway, so so he started with repent. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. Now, uh, this is the context. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Say, Stop thinking in the world way, worldly way. For the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is present. Okay? We have to start thinking that the kingdom of God is present. And that kingdom, it has been done. I have been healed. I have been blessed. I have all my needs met in Christ Jesus. And so on. So on. It's, I have been. The, the kingdom of the world, it's going to be. You know, have you know, the only thing really the Bible talks about the future is, is the devil's future. Okay, yes, he, he, he in the kingdom of God, it's done. We just need to learn to accept it and, and get all this religious rubbish out because we have traditions out of our life. And the problem is, we, many of these traditions, we heard it from people that we might have, have respect for and, and, have, and maybe even have certain revelation in other areas. And then we're thinking that because we have a revelation in one area, now we have a revelation in all areas. Do you know what? And that's a worldly way too. That's why every politi politi uh, political party, every election, you get someone, top position who is stoned or whatever, ah, vote for this party. I, like, I had no clue for the politics at all, but because of they get endorsed by a famous person. But because he is good at maybe playing guitar, but that doesn't mean he's good at knowing about politics. Just like you can have people in the body of Christ who have revelation in one area, but they have complete rubbish revelations in other oh, information. Okay, and so, 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 so when Jesus started preaching, repent. You have to understand that it's in connection with to with the revelation that the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay. Not in that, oh, you dirty, filthy sinners, and if you don't repent now, you're going to burn forever. No, that's not what it is. That's not what, you know, turn or burn. No, it's in the connection with the kingdom of God is at hand. So, and he said unto them, no, so where, where are we? No. Uh, for, uh, no. Uh, and then 18, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And now I don't, I think I'm quoting the wrong scripture now. Uh, where is it? It should be, uh, I can't even read my own. But anyway, the, the passage, that can be your homework, okay? But the, the passage I wanted is the leper who comes to Jesus and say, if you will, you can heal me. Okay? Now, notice the leper, he was not in doubt about the ability of Jesus 
to heal. I don't think anyone is in doubt of the ability of, of God. Even an atheist, if you ask an atheist, if God, he'll say, yeah, if God exists, of course he can do this. Of course he can do that. Of course he can do this. But, okay, but the leper here, he, he was not in doubt about the ability. He was in doubt about the willingness. Have you noticed that when you look at religious deeds and religious acts, it's always in a way, either very openly or very subtle, a way to manipulate God to show you favor. So that's why I pray an hour every day, God. I do good deeds, God. God, I help it. I didn't do this recently. You know, I eat this. So religious deeds is always to appease God to gain his favor or gain his attention or something like that. But what Jesus says to this leper, maybe it's Mark chapter 1. Maybe it's Mark. But, but Jesus, he said two words, I will. You know, but religion wants to question you, put a question mark in your head about the willingness of God to grant you favor. Okay? At best, I, I even thought something, you know, you know, but this thing we have, you, have you seen these cartoons or something where there's a black angel and a white angel and each whisper into your ear? And then, and then which one do you listen to? Actually, that's from Islam. Okay? And when you, when you are Muslim, you die, these two angels, they have to give a record or so, which one, whichever I have, have, have written most down, decides where you're going. Okay? The only way you're assured to go to, to paradise is if you are a martyr. And I think that's something that you are allowed to bring X, X amount of family members with you. That's why, you know, which is completely illogical. You see some suicide bomber's parent is so happy because now her eternity is secured in her mind. Okay? And uh, anyway, uh, I actually I was going to share a bad joke here, but I won't. Uh, anyway, but Jesus said, I will. And you know what? You know, the Bible talks about two or three witnesses, everything is established. And we already know the scripture that all the promises of God is yes and amen. Yes and amen. But all we need to do is just change our mindset. Change the way you talk. Don't, don't uh, change the battlefield. I'm telling you, once you grasp this thing, things that you pray for, stand for, and whatever, suddenly because you change, now you are in the spirit. Now, you thought you were in the spirit, but you were in the world. And so, 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 so when you start to see, so the only thing you need, the only thing you need to, to see the fullness of God in your life, don't quit. You don't need an extra gift. You don't need an extra revelation. You don't need an extra this than the other. You don't need this. No, you just need to, I do not quit. And as I said, you know, my, my, I love the story about Bjorn Ball, his philosophy in tennis. 
No, you know Bjorn Borg. You don't know Bjorn Borg. He won Wimbledon five years in a row. Okay. And he had one philosophy. He just needs to get the ball across the net one more time than the opponent. Whichever way he did it, he couldn't care less. As long as he could get the ball across the net one more time when, the other, when he's won. Okay? He wasn't the most skillful tennis player. Actually, he was very boring to watch. Okay? The, the other guy, who, he was far more exciting, John McEnroe, because he could scream and shout and all sorts of things. But anyway, but the thing is, it's the same thing with your, with your Christian life. Don't quit. Galatians 6.9. In that context. Now, if you want to see breakthrough, you don't it's not, oh God, give me this anointing, give me this revelation, give me this letter, give me that thing, whatever it is, so that I can be this benefit. No, just be, I do not quit. Amen. I do not quit. I do not quit. And and when now, now you're not quitting. Because now you're standing on a foundation, God has done it. Of course, it's easy to be tempted to quit if you're living, if you're working from a position of that God is going to do it. Because what if God changed His mind? No, God can't, he can't change His mind because He has already blessed you with all the spiritual blessings. He can't change His mind. That would be, I came and caught your lawn. That, that would be a miracle if I did that voluntarily. Okay. And then after I caught the lawn, I, I came back and said, I don't want to cut your lawn. It's too late. It's done. Unless I get the glue out and put it all back. <laughs> but you understand, we, we know that, what it means to have a spiritual mindset. If a spiritual mindset where people think it's just that, oh, I just use Christian words, Christian words, Christian words, and then we think we are spiritual. No, it's because if, that the, 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 the spiritual mindset understands it has to be done. As long as the devil can pull you into these things where uh, it's something that is going to happen, has to happen, or maybe happening, or whatever, now you are in this world. You're thinking. The world's way. You, yes, you might say hallelujah. Yes, you might say Jesus. Whatever, but your mindset is still worldly. Amen. It, 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 that's why many people struggle with condemnation. Because they, they ask God to forgive them 10, 20 years ago. And they still feel condemned about it. So they keep asking. Because they're thinking forgiveness is an emotion that I have to feel. No. Forgiveness is faith in God. My forgiveness that I receive is not based upon how I feel. It's not based upon what I see or whatever. It's based upon one thing. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Have faith in God. Amen. Don't have faith in yourself. Amen. Don't have faith in yourself. So the next time you see yourself in the mirror, oh, am I that old? I don't believe you. <laughs> Amen. You, you know, it's so. This is religion wants you to look at yourself. Religion wants you to you to improve. Christianity wants you to look at Jesus. Amen. Look at him. Look at him. Jesus said, "Look at me." Ooh. Don't look at yourself. Look at me. As long as you look at him, you can do the impossible. 
Peter, as long as he looked at Jesus, he could walk on the water. I actually, I, I, there's one picture I would love to see. It's when Peter look at the water, and then it says he feels the wind under the cheek. What is that? An emotion. And what did that emotion make him do? Look away from Peter. No, look away from Jesus. And when he starts sinking, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Have you ever? You, how can you, can you sink slowly in the water? <laughs> no, he, he walks on water, and then the wind. When he say he starts sinking, I, my experience with water is you hit the water, bang, you're gone. But suddenly he he shouted help. I don't know if he was if he was sinking and he reached him to the stomach or whatever, and when he just Half of the body in water, half the other. Uh, uh, help Jesus. So he's stuck in the water. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's one of the things I would like to know. But he looked, kept looking at Jesus. Kept looking at. That's why the Apostle Paul says, We only preach Christ crucified. You know, notice he refers to something that has happened. When, when you say you have been healed, you're actually preaching Christ crucified. When you say I have been blessed with all the spiritual blessing in the kingdom, you, you're preaching Christ crucified. Because you're founding your thinking, your mindset upon something that has happened. That's why the cross shall be in the center. And that's why the only thing you need to do is don't quit. And as I said so many times, late, many times lately, I'm telling you, there are many Christians. Do you know how Christians quit? God showed me. You know, God showed me. So, oh, God showed me this. When two days later, oh, God showed me that. And that's completely opposite. And what we don't realize, they are quitting. And yes, oh, wow. I was, oh, I wish I could hear from Jesus so many times. as well. They don't hear from Jesus. They're quitting. And Jesus don't quit. That's why Jesus said, wherever you are, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Because he does not quit. Amen. So, so this is what it means to have a spiritual mindset. Not this thing about, a, and, we, and, and I'm telling you, the worst thing is that, you, that, that people, they think they're in faith, and they're not. I, I don't know, I'm not a pilot, but I've been told that there's, I can't remember the specific word for it, but there's something with, when, when pilots are in the air, for example, in a cloud or something, now because we have GPS system, well, but in the olden days, that you could be so disorientated that you could actually believe that you're flying up and you're flying down. So especially in small airplanes, there's always two of each in, uh, instrument because so that it is, so the so the logic of the pilot would be that two instruments cannot both be wrong. Okay, but you can have a sensation where you're feeling that you're flying up, but actually so you're crashing the plane instead. Okay, uh, and and so and that's the same thing that many believers have been because of wrong teaching and because of wrong understanding and traditions. I and mean, they not heard what I'm I'm sharing with you today is that they believe they are in faith. Okay? 
That's why, when, you know, when you start saying, God showed me a dream and this is why I'm doing it, you are already in the world's way because now, what, what, now, you're, now your foundation is something of this world. What did Jesus do? He said, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. Because every word in this book is breathed from the mouth of God. That's spiritual. Right? It's just like, oh, I had a dream, I had a dream, this better be on. No. Don't 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 be led by these things. Most people I heard have been led by dreams where life ended up being a nightmare. Okay? See Joseph. Oh, I had a dream. What happened? Yeah, my brothers bent for me. Oh, I have an even greater dream. My my dad and my mom. Next thing happened, he took a, a Pony Express to Egypt and became an au pair in in Egypt. Okay, that was not very nice. And when he did some underground work, in, uh, when, he had a, when he was a cell group leader in the prison, uh, and, and so on and so forth. No, follow the word of God. And, and, and always have Christ crucified. And make yourself a decision. I do not quit. I do not quit. I will not quit. It doesn't matter what it looks like, because we are not moved by what we see. We are moved by what we believe. Okay? We are moved by faith. Okay? We move by faith. We, not, we do not navigate from the natural. We navigate according to the word of God. And if the word of God says that you can do it, you can do it. If the word of God says that you have it, you have it. If the word of God says this is what you are and what you have and can do. and what, You know, like, the, the old John Osteen. It's not, everyone thinks it's Joel Osteen who invented this thing about that this is my Bible. I can do what it says. It was his dad. Because this was the trademark. His dad was an amazing guy, John Osteen. I remember videos, video, videotapes. So when you got a video, so he used to have from uh, uh, John Osteen, the father, he used to have this monthly video he sent out. I, I, I don't remember, can you remember these, uh, when you went to the video from, from Blockbuster? And when you, the first thing, can you remember what, what, what the movie says? FBI warning, you are not allowed to copy. So when you, when you got this monthly video from John Osteen, I was saying, warning, warning, do not let the devil stop you from copying this tape. <laughs> okay. But he, he, was a, he was an interesting guy, John Osteen, a much different uh, from, anyway, but we, we need to have that kind of mindset. No, that, you know, you know, when you when you clear this out, uh, and start seeing, uh, am I in the spirit, or am I really just thinking I'm in the spirit? No, this being in the spirit, have a spiritual understanding is it's not going to happen. It has happened. I'm not going to be saved. I am saved. I'm not going to be forgiven. I am forgiven. I'm not going to be healed. I am healed. I'm not going to be healthy. I am healthy, and so on and so on and so. No, don't, 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 don't treat faith as something that is going to happen because now you are for, now you're in the natural. No, faith has is always I got it. Faith say I got it. Okay, I got it. I, and I'm not going to be so. So the only qualification for not being a, a victor is that you don't quit. The Bible talks about in Proverbs that many are willing, but who can find a faithful man? You know, 
you know, you don't need to be gifted to be faithful. You just need to be faithful. I can't be faithful because I don't have a degree. You don't need a degree to be faithful. You could be, I can't be faithful. I'm too old to be, you know, you don't need uh, nothing to do with age. It's just anyone can be faithful. And anyone can decide, I'm not quitting. Amen. Because you have to understand whatever, whatever the devil throws is always limited. Why? Because he's limited by time. He's the God of this world. And so if he's the God of this world, he is limited by this world. That's why in the, desert, in the Danish translation, I even say better about the free trials, the Danish translation that comes out of the German translation, it says, uh, the devil came to an end. You know, the, the, the devil, he makes you think he can carry on forever. No, because he's forgotten anything in this world, I just started out saying, is decaying. You know, he's not, he, he, his power is not going to increase. Do you, do you understand that? He, he's, he's on a linear path to complete destruction. We, you know, that's why we, you understand when you start saying, so first I was saying, he's the God of this world. I got, ooh, I got scared. He's the God of this world. And I'm in this world. Ooh. Until I realized the limitation of this world. He's so limited. Amen. He's limited. You are not. What, what do we say when we, receive, when we got saved? You receive eternal life. Amen. Eternal life. You don't just receive life. You receive eternal life. He does not have eternal life. Because, and I'm not of this world. So, so see, let's say, the, the, well, what is his name? King Charles. That's not really his real name. His name is King Carl. You didn't know that. That's his real name. This is just an English-sized version, Charles. Okay, because we know we're Germans. You know that. And anyway, that he's he, he's the king of his domain here. Okay, he don't have the privileges from anywhere else apart from here. The same with the devil. He's limited by this world, and but you are not, and that's why he hates you. Does the devil hate you? Yes, but that's okay. Uh, William Booth, he used to say after he preached, did people get glad or did people get mad? Okay, so, 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 so catch this thing, you know, when you say, uh, clean, clean out your way of thinking. Because you will be surprised to see how many words we're speaking and we're thinking we're speaking faith, but we're not speaking faith. But it's easy to clean it. And you see, now, because of your renewed mindset, suddenly, what could have taken many years, now you got it. I showed you the example with Abraham. Abraham and Abraham, that the moment Abraham saw it, three months it took him to manifest what he spent 25 years standing in faith for. Okay? God gave him all sorts of images and he still didn't get it until he suddenly I'm not going to be, I am. Amen. Okay, let's pray now. Father, in the name of Jesus,